Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I can have sexy time now. For him, it's physical Don't touch. Don't call so it sexy time. That's so cringe. It's, 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 like, oh, it's inside time. of me right now. I'm a honey. Oh, sexy that time? cringe. Ooh. No. Oh. I can't believe this man. Let's For have him. some mummy daddy time now. <laughs> okay, I take it back. Thank then you. we can we can get nasty. Is that yes, what you want? Thank you. Anyway. Thank you. Welcome to Playing House, a podcast about keeping your relationship sexy and secure. I am president of the Waffle House, Coulter Bouchard. Oh my goodness. And I'm Dominique. And we are a real couple having real conversations, inviting you in on, a week, on our weekly discussions. And we've also been invited into someone else's house. The set is a little bit different. We will be joined by Gina and Drew from Hey There Wilders, YouTube podcast, all over. They're, they're taking over the internet. There's no internet left for anybody, including <laughs> us. Uh, parenting equity and the greatest vow renewal of all time, including a flash mob. Mm-hmm. That's intense. But in the meantime, how you doing? I'm doing good. We almost uh, we almost died. <laughs> we we're did recording not almost this. Die. We were recording this in Athens, Georgia, <laughs> and we almost died on the plane from Toronto to Atlanta. That was some like that was some that turbulence. Was the worst turbulence I've ever experienced in my life. There were some dudes. Um, they were lacrosse players and very much sounded like lacrosse players. It was like an episode of Letter Ketting or Shorzy. They're like, oh, yeah, but I've taken about 100 flights and that was the worst turbulence I've ever had. Eh? No, it was scary. Yeah. There was screaming. There was vomiting. The place smelled like a vomit fire oh, at the God. end of the night. Oh, God. Uh, but we're here. And that was a two. Barely. What was supposed to be a two hour flight ended up being like maybe two and a half. Well, they tried to land two times and couldn't do it. But two we're here. Landings. We're here on the ground. That is what. Matters. And we will be walking back. I don't know. Can you plug it? Hold on. I'm going to plug it into Google Maps. Right. I'm curious. <laughs> what is the. Yeah. Because if you were to like time? if you were to like walk home. I was going to walk home. How long would it be? No, but that was that was absolutely scary. But it's, what I ended up doing was. um. I guess doom scrolling is it, or just like educating myself on TikTok? Um, Four, fourteen what? days, by the way. Fourteen is days. fourteen days, cool. or four days if you cycle. That's what we'll so do. So we should then. get some bikes or a scooter. Um, trying to uh, look through TikTok to understand like what is turbulence? Can it hurt you? I can googled it, that. Can it bring down a plane? I googled has turbulence ever killed anybody? And it's and no. And if it's I didn't not, have the balls no, to don't look say at the answers because we have to get back on a plane to get yeah, home. I, well, uh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> oh no, the car won't start. <laughs> yeah. I can't find the key. Our kid is in Toronto right now, so we need to get with your back mom, there. who's so, retired and has lots of time. Yeah, yeah, that was scary. But other than that, though, other than that, uh, I mentioned it earlier with the Waffle House, <laughs> bro. That is like, listen, that's like a that's like another country within another country. Well, I was saying the Bow Wow song. Um, 
chopped and smothered and you just don't know the way you move so fast whatever that song was called i don't um take you home finally makes sense because there's a line it goes uh scattered covered smothered like hash browns and i never knew that and natalia is here nodding so we have have a producer today which is great that they're letting us use today we're so thankful but she's behind the camera nodding because she gets it i didn't i never knew what that line was about it's a waffle house reference yeah See, it's all coming together. You big, uh, <laughs> you're in your early 20s, Natalia. Big Bow Wow fan? Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> I knew him when he was Bow Wow, but not when he was Lil Bow Wow, okay? okay. He was so a grown man at that game. point. You're so. late to the game. Um, How you doing? I'm good. I'm a little bit nervous because Nia, her, she's starting school in September. Oh, it's we got to register January. for kindergarten and the school next to us is garbage. So I show up to the daycare, the daycare teacher, who's like her second <sighs> mom, and I'm very aware of it. She loves her like her own child. She's like... Uh, I just found out that registration for kindergarten started yesterday. Have you started? And I said, what? It is January. She starts in September. It starts this week. And so sure enough, we look into it. The schools that you're interested in, they all seem to be full Which, already. By the way, like you like you have to go to the school that's closest to you because like for some weird reason. Based on your postal codes, the government's code, like, what have no, you. No, instead of just like making sure every school is like good. We're going to fund it with municipal, like local property taxes. Yeah. So, so if you're in a rich neighborhood, you're getting crazy. a great funding You know what I mean? School, but if and you're so not. The school that I want to send her to is, it's like an, it's got like an eight out of 10 ranking. Like it's a good school. Okay. One of the best in Ontario. And the of one course. close to us, it's like got a three, seven or a three, yeah, nine. Yeah. And like. And my friend, she, her, her son goes to the, or went to that school at least. And he'd come home every day crying, being bullied, yeah. called the N word. Uh, her mom called the school and like spoke to the principal. When the principal spoke to that parents, the parent of the child calling her son the N-word, the parents like, well, if black people can say it, why can't my son say it? Right. So it's good to know that those people are making a hundred thousand dollars and they are educating the youth. Love that. And it's I- not isolated in this one school. It's happening everywhere. But I'm just saying, like, it's it runs rampant in this yeah. three points of its school. Yeah. yeah. Oof. <sighs> And so you're trying to like, apparently and allegedly for legal reasons, this is just a joke. You're like, do I, can I use someone else's address? What if I like rent? What if I like arrange to rent someone's closet and I paid them or like whatever, like the lowest bar for a legal residence oh is. And I just, and that's my new address. That's what's on the, on I live there now. Registration. And I, and I've just come, I'm chilling. I'm a guest. I'm, I'm, I've used visitor parking this at your house. This is our address now. And then you could get yeah. me off the deed to our house. Leave me, take it all. I'm it's, helping you out. I'm helping our child out. I'm father and, and husband of the year. You're welcome. Thank you. I want to be destitute. My hands look like this so that hers can look like that. Show your hands. I'm not showing my damn hands. You got good nails. You got your nails yeah, done. Yeah, I paid for my nails. We paid for your nails. Fine. Great nails. Love Thank the you. nails. <laughs> Should we get into the podcast? Let's get into it. We are so excited to be, well, I want to say uh, joined by, but we're joining them. We're, we're in their in home. There, yes. We're sleeping in, their, in their, their guest house. We're using their <laughs> guest toilet. I, there's a second toilet here. Did you notice that? Let me just say, so we're, we're in uh, their Airbnb space. Yeah. One of the first guests. The first guests. Stacked or stocked the washroom with the most, ama- like when we arrived, Gina's like, oh yeah. We've stocked the, the washroom for you. You're good. Lotion, so yeah, I'm thinking, oh yeah, we're gonna have toothpaste. Soap. Thank you so much. That's so so kind. This morning, I go and I open up. Why are there pattern products? There's body Did oils. You say Tracy, that's Tracy, Tracy Ellis Ross's. Ross's yeah. yeah, that's her hair company. I'm just like, I, I didn't even like need the, to bring the lace front. I thought you meant the uh, like the bottles were patterned. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, like most things have 
shapes and colors. No, on but it, like even the way she's displayed it. Yeah, it's it expert. Just ten out of ten. Let's get them on. If you're in Athens, you need to stay here. Uh, Gina and Drew from Hey There Wilders. And like I said a moment ago, just taking over the internet. We are so excited. And instead of like awkwardly, we're going to pull back the curtain here a little bit. Instead of like awkwardly going, all right, and now we're going to turn to them because they've been here the entire time. (laughs) We're going to do a hard cut and let them join us now. We're talking about parenting equity. Um, Obviously, we're both parents or Two couples, I should say. Um, no, this so, is a whole thing. Now. Yeah, no, that's this is a commune. <laughs> We're moving in together. We're not leaving. So, in my opinion, at least in our relationship, I've come to realize that equality is never going to be possible when it comes to raising our daughter. Um, so, I really try to strive for equity in particular. And in my opinion, how I try to differentiate the two is like equality is it's always going to be 50 50. You're always going to be given the same amount of effort. And that I'm giving as well. That's just not possible. I work from home, for example. You're out of the house every single day. So I'm the one who's going to be called if Nia needs to be picked up from daycare, for example. Thank God. Yeah, right? If uh, if there's a, an appointment, that's typically where you come in, right? So the equity is just making sure that like we're doing something that works for our position, um, which I think has worked really well for us. Yeah, and I'm curious, like, Gina, when we talk about equality, like you're never going to have 50% output, 50% output, but how do you make sure that the two of you have 50% input? Cause like, that is what you have control mm. over. Right. Um, I think it's really funny that you're asking this question now. Cause we, that's probably one of the things we're in truly working on in therapy. It was only, we were doing things because it was like the, it was either financially, we had to do it that way. So if I was staying at home, he was in nursing school and working a full-time job. He It was really hard. Not that he didn't try, but it was really hard for him to be able to help me out at home. And so I had two toddlers and we were doing things out of necessity. We mm. almost didn't have a choice. If I really wanted him to do well at school and work a full-time job to provide for our family, I had to pick it up a little bit more at home. Which, not to say that I felt like I had no choice. I know that a couple of times, Drew's like, yeah, you can go to work. Like, I will support you in that. But I also know how much you want to be at home with our kids. And it was kind of like, I don't know what to do. I want to help out more. I maybe want to get away from the kids, but I also want this like certain life in the future. What am I willing to do so that we could have that in the future? Mm -hmm. So I was willing to put in a little bit extra. um, And so maybe I was doing 150 while he was doing 100. Not to say that he wasn't doing his part, but I, you know, I had to do a little bit more so that way we could have that in the future. Mm -hmm. And as the years went on, I was still doing a lot and I realized I was starting to have resentment. And then I started asking, maybe not nicely. um, (laughs) I started asking Drew, like, I need more. I need you to help around more. I'm working now too. Um, It's, I'm starting to feel like it's 200 and you're only putting, I'm doing 200. You're only doing a hundred. I need more. And we would go into therapy and I'm just like, I don't feel like Drew's doing his part. I, I, I'm, I'm asking things of him and I do not feel like I can trust him to be able to do the things that I'm asking. And that's really frustrating. And I don't want the idea of him just providing for us to be that's enough because I'm providing too. And why are you not seeing that mm. as enough? Mm. And so I think with communication we realized like, okay, maybe he was, you were pretty naive of everything that was happening. You didn't realize like you weren't helping. You thought you were doing your part, but it did really take me talking to you. It should have been me talking to you and telling what I needed. I really feel like you should have said or realized 
which you do now know. I don't know what your take on everything is about this because we talked about it a bunch. I'm just but letting you finish. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also curious, like, how do you receive this? Because I've been in a similar situation, and mm. I think a lot of men have been in similar situations. Mm. I want to clarify, men in relationships where their partners are doing what Gina's done and what Dominique has done, mm. which is say like, hey, like, dude, you got to nut Step up here. Up, what, yeah. like, what are, yeah. I need, I need not even some help. I need you to do your job. Right. We have made this child together. We are raising this mm-hmm. child together. I need us to yeah. do this together. And it's a, it's a hit to the ego. Mm-hmm. So how did you receive that? So yeah, as far as receiving it, like very defensive, um, very defensive, takes a while, not understanding, not fully comprehending why, um, I mean, definitely feelings of like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing what I need to do. I don't understand why you're getting so mad. Yeah, I'm putting in the effort. This should be enough, right? And then Gina didn't talk to me about it for a while. So like she said, she was coming off a little bit strong, which made it even worse because it made it even where I didn't even understand even more. Mm. Because I'm like, okay, I can understand you being a little angry or Mm. being like, hey, you need to do this. But where is this like really big anger coming from? Like I've... You know, and and so if I could say my take on equity, I think in the beginning of our marriage, I know you said you think is like 100, 150. I do think it was 100 and 100 equity in the beginning of our marriage because we were each doing what we needed to do for like our family to survive. And it's something we both agreed on. I, so I think we didn't agree on it. No, I, I know. But I think part of equity is what each partner agrees to as well. Right. And so in the beginning, like like a contract almost. Yeah. Like, well, like these are the terms and conditions. Almost, almost. But like if if you talk with your partner and they're like, hey, I'm willing to stay home so you can go further Mm. your career and stuff like that. Like that discussion to me is part of the equity. Right. Um, Now, I'm not saying you should agree to things that are like demeaning or abusive or anything like that. But as our relationship grew and we've been married 12 years, we didn't have a continual conversation of equity. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's something my that mind, needs to happen, right? Like you need yeah. to yeah, it really sometimes. does. In my yeah. mind, I was still going off our uh, newlywed contract. You <laughs> oh, know, yeah. I was like, oh, I yeah. was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm good to go. Like, um, but that was because it was benefiting you, know, you. With, with one kid, maybe. Oof. Right. Like I was still doing the work with that we had to do when we have one kid. And now you have multiple children. And now we have yeah. multiple children and, and our times really split up. And I was just like, and Gina has started working and stuff like that and not taking all of that into account. And so I do feel like in the beginning of our marriage, we were more equitable. And then as the years went on, you picked up more and more and eventually to the point that you're like, okay, this is too much. Like I'm, I'm burnt out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've picked up so much. I'm burnt out. So now I need you to step up and I'm exhausted. And I'm like, I don't understand where this is coming from. Right. You right. know, which I know you signed this contract 12 years ago. What, what's the problem? I somewhat agree. I don't know. I felt like I was doing a lot more because I don't disagree. I definitely agree to it. And I, I don't even feel like I was like manipulated into agreeing with it. I definitely wanted to do it. And I definitely, that was like a choice that I made and I felt like it was benefiting our family. And I want it so much for our family. I wanted our future children to have so much. So I don't regret how we did it in the, um, in the beginning. And I also don't regret, like I'm, I'm just a person that when things bother me, I'm still going to keep pushing because I was hoping Mm -hmm. that you would eventually see and you didn't see. And so then so much resentment built up that that's why I was so 
angry and frustrated. And I know Arthur Briss has talked about it. Like maybe Gina, like you could bring up certain things in a certain way because Drew is just a naturally defensive person. Does it mean that I can't be angry at him? Of course I can. I can be very angry. But if I'm really wanting my husband to listen to me, then I should be able to still express that I'm angry, but bring it to him in a way that I know he will want to listen. Right. But it does, does it also mean I have to do that 100 percent of the time? No, I should be able to express my emotion. <laughs> I mean, no, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> Did you want to strangle him? I'm, I won't call the cops. But I just do feel like um, being able to express that, but also making sure that if if you're really wanting change, be able to express things that your husband or your spouse will be able to listen to you mm-hmm. in the way that they mm-hmm. will need. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was something that I needed to hear because I come off very strong and hard. And I do everything that way. When I start any businesses, how I even parent, I love really hard. And even when I'm frustrated, I am angry and I'm just like, <laughs> and I know that's mm-hmm. one of the things that you love about me, but it's also it makes it hard when we're having conversations about certain things that you're just like, I have no idea where it's coming from because Mm. I let it build up. And that is something that I shouldn't do as well. That's something that I know that is a fault of mine, that if I had talked to him about it way earlier, I do feel like he would have made the change. You is the type of man that will make that change. But I kept hoping that he would see that and he didn't. We need to meet people where they are, right? And it's difficult because... um, we create these kind of characters. We create these representations of our spouses and everybody in our lives, in our heads. And sometimes it feels like we've invented these narratives because we're piecing things together. Mm-hmm. What did you mean by that? And then you're kind of, your, your brain is naturally, and this is human instinct, we're just filling in the blanks. Yeah. And so yeah. you're not really, you're not having like a tender, loving conversation with this person. It's almost like you're tweeting at them mm-hmm. and going like, what's the most like concise kind of like almost mean way that I can communicate with this person to just like get off your butt and do the work. No, but I, I don't also, know if you're trying to be mean though. Yeah. I don't think I'm trying. No, I don't think the intent is mean, but just the way it's coming Come out. That's how it can true. feel, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Right. I also, I understand, I completely understand you <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, with the look. I'm passionate. And so I'm going to, I'm going to love you passionately. And sometimes Loving on you passionately also means yelling at you because you've been <laughs> messing up. Like what? So when Coulter was going through treatment for cancer, mm. it was me as like yeah, a little the, sympathy maybe for the oh, cancer. This is not about sympathy. Right. This is about him not showing up at the end of the day. So like mm-hmm. during that time, obviously, yes, you're in you're in treatment. So I have to be the core parent. I have to take care of the household. I have to work full time. I have to do all that. Yes, and you need to focus on and surviving. You me Dairy Queen. Okay. Like I, had like I, was, a, I had like a blizzard button next to my bed and she would show what? up with like a, a brownie fudge explosion or whatever. No. But yeah, give me my flowers too. But anyways. Thanks for the blizzard, Dominique. <laughs> but then we got to the point where like, okay, this is over with. Thank God we need to transition to a new normal. Mm-hmm. And this is like post pandemic, post cancer, mm-hmm. post all of this. I remember that conversation. But that transition <laughs> never happened. So I understand when you're saying, you know, we were in the newlywed contract still, but the transition to the new normal never happened. And then, so I also get to a point where like, we often have this discussion about, you see the dishes in the sink. I don't want to have to ask you to do the dishes. Do you see the cast iron skillet that's been on the range for the last two weeks? That's coated in scrambled egg because you don't use enough butter and you cook it way too hot. It's not clean. Anyways, anyways, so we. <laughs> so I'll say, 
I don't want to tell you to do the dishes. I want you to want to do the dishes because you see them there. So it's also a matter of, I don't want to have to tell you that we need a new normal. I don't want to have to tell you Mm -hmm. show up in this way. I want you to know this is our relationship and I have to show up and give that effort because I want this relationship to, to succeed. So yeah, you get to a point where you're just angry and passionate and love this person so much that it comes off as like, anger but it's like no i'm fighting for For us us. Mm -hmm. and you also don't want to sound like the like the typical nagging wife right Exactly. you're trying not to complain all the time Mm -hmm. like i really you know how much i don't like complaining or nagging you it really doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. but then then you get to the point like i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it and then it like oh my goodness why are we (laughs) why do we always have to live like this why can't our house look like nobody lives like like lives in it and it just it's like you're trying to stay away from that um that view of being the nagging wife so much that you end up building it up like you feel that build up and then you end up being that way and you're like i did not want to be like this why can't you see that i was really trying not to be like this so i think it's like like you said like coming to you where you are where it's just like hoping that your spouse will be able to see how much you're needing something but also you're trying to be not that spouse who's always bugging them or telling them what they're doing wrong but it's also like dudes dudes complaining like oh my wife or my partner nags me a ton it's like complaining that oh i really hate that my hand's always on fire but i keep sticking it in the deep fryer yeah maybe maybe someone can just save me from myself and it's like you do the dishes you do the things that are that are you, you don't do them because like your spouse is asking you or nagging you yeah, to do them. Yeah. Just do them because this is your home. Yeah. yeah, you live here. You need to scrub the toilet. Those are your stains. Oh God, some I'll of them also, are mine. <laughs> Many I'll of them are yours. That is partly like it's partly our fault too because it's a matter of showing up and always doing the things that we want done, mm-hmm. and so we're taking on that load. And instead of like holding our partners accountable uh-huh. for their load. It's like, well, I'm going to have, and like at the end of the day, we're black women. We're going to do what needs to be done. Exactly. We're going to show up for ourselves if we need to. And then if, like you said, get resentful in the end. Like, well, why am I still putting in 150 mm-hmm. when it should be a little bit more equitable than that? Whether it's 70, 30, what have you. The math is But it's difficult because you want to, um, you, you want to be always in this like loving kind of like warm relationship with your mm-hmm. partner, but you also like, what are you doing? What are you doing to increase the temperature? What are you doing to make sure that like you're creating the space for your partner to be, to be like, whether it's physically intimate with you, emotionally intimate with you. And instead you're just like, well, you're, that place is a mess. It's pretty hard to get yeah. in the mood when you're doing that. Oh yeah. And aside from that, like, it's just kind of hard to exist. It's like a million little mosquito bites when, okay, well that needs to be dusted. And like, that needs to be taken out. And, uh, is, has anyone taken the kids out of the house? They've had like 17 hours of screen time yeah, today. Like, yeah can you work with me here on this? I'm trying to do some things. I need my time. You need your time. Like, how do you manage that? Especially running so many businesses, doing oh, wait, a podcast wait, wait, together. Oh, wait, that's a pillow talk question. You hopped right into it. So we're going to transition to pillow talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. That's really Remember good. Remember to cut this. Yeah, no, keep it in, keep it in. So the next segment is called pillow talk, where mm-hmm. we have more intimate um, conversations about our relationship, about how, like, how to keep the flame going at the end of the day. So the question is, in our relationship, uh, when we want to have more intimate time, uh, we try to serve each other's love languages. Mm-hmm. So mine is very much um, 
acts of service. So like when I know my daughter is in bed, that she's fed, her hair is washed, the house is clean. That's when I can transition and like I can I can have sexy time now. For him, it's physical. Don't touch, call so it it's sexy time. That's so cringe. It's sexy time. It's, sexy like, time. Oh, it's inside time. of me right now. I'm a honey. Oh, sexy that time. Cringe. Ooh. No. Oh. I can't believe this man. Let's have some mummy daddy time now. Okay, I take it back. Then we can we can get nasty. Is that what you want? Thank you. Anyway. Uh, for him, it's physical touch, so obviously it's a little bit easier that way. But I'm wondering, for you all, you have four kids, five, kids? five, five kids. kids, five kids. So yeah. what is it that transition like to come into a more intimate time in your relationship? And is it a transition? I'm going to let you, I know our answers are different, so I'm going to let you go first. Oh, man. Um, let me think about this a second. I think the best way I could put it is, I don't know if, because we have everything that is going on. I don't know if we have clear cut transitions a ton. Like a light switch. Like it's not like, yeah. Um, also, I will I will put this in here. Um, with having children, we do like co-sleep like the first year. Oh, like yeah. the child is in our room. Mm-hmm. Like in your bed with you. Sometimes mm-hmm. in the bed, sometimes in the crib. But in our um, room. But in the room. And so that makes things incredibly difficult because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're wanting to get nasty or <laughs> sexy time, whatever it is. No, we're not doing like, sexy time. You look <laughs> over <laughs> and there's a little, you know, baby infant there. Or, yeah. like, or, mood immediately you, start to, or you start to cozy up and then it's time to breastfeed. Mm. And right. it's just like, oh, wait, right. I guess I guess that child deserves to eat. You know, um, <laughs> he said, I guess. <laughs> Dad of the year over here. <laughs> Everyone knows well, how it is when you've been. So. Everyone knows how it is when you've like been in the moment and then you have to oh, stop. That's yeah. the most irritating thing yeah. in the world. You're like I'm like, leaking and not where you want me to. So um, I think that's the first thing for us. It's really hard. I think for us to have any kind of transition time when there's always a child there. Mm. And so what we've kind of do is. Um, at least what I think we've done is get like babysitters, nannies, um, someone to come wash the kids so we can physically get away. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gina has let me to know. Like, state. Yeah, to Gina's let me car, know like, that's really, drive. really important to her. Um, mm-hmm. And it's taken me a while to get consistent with providing this like date nights. It's taken me a long time to get like consistent with providing that. Um, but she said it best um, either last year or the year before. She said it probably the best that really clicked in my kind of uh, primitive brain is like, okay, Drew, think about like last year. And if you think about how many times we went on a date night, Mm. are you okay with only having sex that many times? Mm. And I was like, how many times did we go dating? Once, twice? No. (laughs) No. That's not cool. cool. You're having dinner 15 times a week. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. Like, you know, (laughs) so like. I was like, okay, like that, it clicked and it's like, okay, that makes complete sense Mm. to me. Like that is how you have that transition. That is how you get in the mood. You have that alone time and uh, love language of quality time. My love language of quality time. And so it doesn't even, I mean, he does not need to buy me anything. I don't like, I'm not a person that likes expensive things. What's that like? (laughs) Is that good? It's nice. What's your credit score? <laughs> I don't, and I wish. I mean, I kind of wish because it would be easier. Because I do know with having so many kids, trying to take away time from away from our kids to spend time sometimes is like maybe like you know how they say time is money. Mm. It is really hard for us. Mm-hmm. Some finding a very reliable babysitter, a babysitter that we trust. We're very particular about our babysitters, and we've only ever had 
um, we can count how many different types of babysitters we ever had for our children. Our babysitters have become like part of our family. That's how important they are yeah. to us. And um, it becomes really hard because mm-hmm. not everybody's going to be willing to watch five kids. And our kids mm-hmm. are great kids. I don't think we've ever had a babysitter who's like, I can never do this again. So we've Screaming, never had... Running yeah. from the house like yeah. the end of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Nancy trying to get away from Freddy Krueger. Yeah. But when um, Drew finally clicked and realized like, okay, G, Gina really needs quality time. That is how I'm going to get like where we're really going to be able to be intimate, but also connect the most. And so we take, I think, usually one to two trips alone away from the kids nice. for at least three days. And this is annually. Annually. annually yeah. Yep. And we also do do a trip with the family. So with the kids and we do that minimum once a year, but we now have surpassed that. We love traveling mm-hmm. with our kids. Amazing. But we also do every other week, we do date nights. And it's funny because whenever we go to therapy and she's like how did we go and like we just had date night and she's like I can tell <laughs> she's like, I glow. And, and she's like Drew do you realize like how much is really meaning to her and he's like yeah I really can tell a difference now and it's been one of the things that he's been consistent for the last like I feel like two years now mm-hmm. where we've been having date nights every other week and I feel like especially in the last like year we've gotten the closest we have been in years because we're connecting in such a more intimate way and it's just more of us just spending more to quality time is not even more sexy time it's just mm-hmm. more quality time with each other that's it means a lot that we've also been having more sex because mm-hmm. of that too yeah. and it, he recognized like if I do this and this is going to lead to that and it's also just it's not like a tick for tack thing like if I do this I'll yeah. get that it's like if I do this I'll get that but I also f- understand how much better we're doing emotionally together that I feel like I can talk to her more like Drew's opened up more like Drew's a very reserved it doesn't feel like it now or it probably doesn't seem like that but you are a very reserved person you do not let a lot of people in mm-hmm. and a lot of people only get the jokester side of Drew that has been really hard like I guess I would say around the middle of our marriage that I didn't feel like I was connecting with him because he was just doing the very surface level thing. And that's really hard when you're in marriage, when you have one person who's being very vulnerable and very intimate and the other person is just going to be like surface level. And it was just because sometimes you got really comfortable thinking like we're good that all of a sudden I was like, no, I need more from you. It feels very Mm. one-sided. I need more from you so we can be more intimate. And then Drew realizing, okay, I need more quality time. I need to let Gina into my intimate thoughts I don't care she does not care how crazy it is she's not going to think differently of me (laughs) and it's hard because it's like I mean you get to a certain part of your marriage and you just want to close up you think we're good we're good we're good it's an autopilot at that point you're like we're we're good But then yeah. for me, it's just like, no, I, I, my parents are still married to this day how long? and they've been married. I'm 30. How old am I, Drew? 34. Yeah. Uh-huh, I'm 34. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, they, they're coasting. I don't know recently, uh, like how things are with them, but as a teenager and as like a young middle schooler, even right after college, I know, I knew they were just coasting. They were like living lives. They were roommates. I felt like, Mm. and I was like, I do not want that for me. Mm. And I've told you time and time again, I will get a divorce and I, I think it would be better for me to be happy and not be in like a marriage that we're just roommates or loveless marriage. Uh, I do not feel like it will be beneficial for us to stay in a marriage just for the kids. I will not do something just for the kids. I think doing something for me will also be for the kids as well. Well, is it doing it for the kids or is staying in a marriage that isn't necessarily working? Is that just like doing it for your ego? Mm. I think 
maybe for the ego, but I do know that a lot of people know. Like, let's think about it. We have so many statistics that talk about how children who have both parents do better, right? And you don't want to take that away. You also don't want to take away the the thing that they've had almost all their lives. If you've been married for like since your child's been born, that is something that you don't want to take away because there is some comfort in that. And so I do not feel like, I don't feel like all people who stay in a marriage is not just for their ego. I do feel like a lot of people do it for their children because they don't want to take away something that their child has gotten used to. I mean, and we've talked about this before, Gina, you and I, that having children does add another level of commitment to the relationship. Mm, Of course. And so like that, like, if, if you don't have children, not saying that your like relationship isn't important or you can't have commitment to it, yeah. but there really is like there's another human being now mm. included in your decision yeah. making. Or several more human beings. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. several more. And so, um, but while you were talking, I was just thinking about um, how you were saying the example that you've seen with your parents growing up and how they were mm. coasting, how you didn't want that in your relationship. I realized I never got any of those examples when I was growing up because my mom was married and divorced five times. And in between those divorces was back and forth with exes and Mm. stuff like that. And so she probably stayed with someone maybe like two years and then it's the next person kind of thing. So I never got to see past like the honeymoon. Like for us, it was like honeymoon phase. Just infatuation. And really bad. Like honeymoon phase and really bad and gone. And so I think for me, during some of our marriage, I thought that's how marriages were okay to be or should be. Or that's why like, what do you do at this point? Like, well, you coast. Like you've gone through hard things. Like you're here together. Like this is just a period of life. Now you wait for the kids to get out of the house. And then I know you'll have this big thing where like you're trying to reconnect and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because that's at least what I've seen in movies. Absolutely. Like in movies, I see like empty nesters and now they're trying to figure it out and they've grown so separate. That now they're trying not in my head. I wasn't thinking, well, they could have worked on that earlier. Right. I was just thinking, oh, right. that's a natural course for mm-hmm. married people that you get married, have this Together. honeymoon phase. You have kids kind of live these separate lives. When the kids leave the house, now you guys can figure out how to reconnect. It's like leaving a car like in a garage for 10 years. You haven't <laughs> yeah, started yeah. it. You haven't maintained it. And it's like, OK, now it's it's like 20 below. So I got a cold start this thing. And also there's been no maintenance. And. I kind of forgot how to drive a little bit because right. I was getting Ubers for, do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's difficult to like transition from that. But it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. Like even though Ju says, oh, that's what I saw in the movies. That's where I hear from other couples. And I thought it was so typical, but it really doesn't have to be that Absolutely. way. And so when I was telling Drew, if you are thinking that's how it's going to be, I'm not okay with that. Mm. I'm not okay with that. You find some, you find someone who is okay with that because that's not me. I really want to be in like a very loving relationship and it's consistently always like that, not little bits and pieces or it'll be okay in the very end because we recently had someone really close to us who was just like, I really thought that um, my spouse would have to die and then I would have to be married again for me to like she loved oh her spouse so much mm-hmm. that she wanted to stay with them and but she's like but then i'll finally feel that love after they pass away and then i'll get remarried oh, again you got one and i was life. like that made me so sad i mean things are better because they've gone through therapy and now now they're all over each other i don't know mm-hmm. if you noticed i love that. how they're mm-hmm. all over each other they are and it's so cute it made me so happy that she found that but it also made me feel really sad for her that she thought like oh, i'll get that when my spouse died mm-hmm. because she loved her spouse so much she was willing to stay with them but 
also it really fit, felt really sad for her that she felt like, oh, I'll get that sometimes, just not right now because yeah. I need to stick it through. And I was like, Drew, that's I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that at all. I don't want to wait. I wanted this to be beneficial for both of us. I want us to be both in love. And if you don't want to continue working at it and you want to work on it later on when the kids are away or when we're empty nesters, that's cool. You can find somebody else to do that. Text me. Yeah. Text me and let me know. And I mean, after I got over my ego and defensiveness, I said, I'm here for you, baby. I'm here for you. <laughs> I'll work on it. But you're getting emotional right now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, because it's really important. Like, a lot of people really want to keep saying, like, hey, I'm doing this for the kids. I'm going to stay. I'm going to, we're going to stay together for the kids. And then they end up losing parts of themselves and they're not happy. And then, I mean, I know some people are okay with it, but that's not what I wanted. I didn't have a very good relationship. I don't like, I don't have a good relationship with my mom. And so I never got like the words like, I love you. Let's Mm. hang out doing all that stuff. And so a lot of the times I felt really lonely as a teenager or as a college student. So then when I was like, hey, when I find that person and I was really, really picky to find, like I dated a lot of guys and then I was like, oh, I'm good. Like you're not the person. So I dated a lot of guys to find that one person that I felt like would treat me in a way like I never had to feel lonely that I felt like they would be there for me be Your a great safe dad person. Yeah, my yeah. safe person that when I started feeling like I was losing part of that I was like I that's not what I wanted I wanted for us both connect both be in love show that love to, to our kids so that they can also find a partner that would also show them that that mm-hmm. when I started losing feeling like we were losing that I was like no I'm good I would rather find it and then making sure I like I learned maybe learn from this mistake I mean it was not a mistake because we're working on it but I was like if this does not work out then I will learn from this and then find what I need because I don't want that lonely feeling because it felt very lonely not having a parent support me and like feel like be there and support me that I was like, okay, then I'm going to search for what I need and I'm going to want like find what I need in a spouse and then I can have what I need. But if that person's not willing to put in the work, then what am I doing? What is it? How is this serving us or me? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, 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 similar to Drew, I grew up with not seeing that love with my parents. Um, my mom always say that like this house is not a, a revolving door because my dad would be in and out of the house. Like they would every Friday they'd have a fight. He'd be gone for the weekend and he'd come back Sunday night after the cool off period. Right. And like that was every week since I was like six years old until he was finally gone, gone when I was like 12. Wow. So similar to you, I don't have a relationship with my dad either. Um, and so that built a defense mechanism in me where like, okay, especially with like, any boy I was dating and eventually the man I married, it was like, I'm ready. Like, should something go wrong? Should you need to feel the need to leave? I'm ready. I got me at the end of the day. That's actually uh, tattooed on her stomach. Yeah. <laughs> so, anytime <laughs> she's approaching me, I can see you should have it on your back as well. So that when you're walking away to remind her. Well, and, and you know, you get into relationships and you, you, you grow up and you kind of, you're the expectations you have are birthed from your childhood, literally, right? Like you see how your parents interact. And my parents have a very different relationship than your parents had. Like my parents have been married for, I think my mom married my dad when she was 11 and he was 12 and a half maybe. (laughs) No, but like they got married young. I think Mm -hmm. my mom was 19 or 20. My dad was 20 or 21. And they've been married for almost 40 years now. And so growing up, and like are each other's best friends and yeah. I think need some other friends sometimes too. <laughs> and so my parents, like similar to what you were saying, Gina, about the two of you, like every year going away, my parents would always like go on a trip every year yeah. and every couple of years they would take us along and I'm sure they had more fun on the trip. They went on their own. <laughs> but um, 
they never like, they never fought. Like they would have arguments in front of my sister and I, but there was never any yelling in my house ever, ever, ever. Mm. There was never any name calling. My mom would never call my dad stupid. I mean, like if he told a dumb joke maybe, and it was probably <laughs> deserved it. She should have said worse to be honest, but that's how I'm coming in our relationship yeah. and just assuming like, well, no, it just like, it looks easy. But also like my parents have worked at it, right? Yeah, they owned yeah. a restaurant together for 20 years. Yeah. They met at a restaurant, like it's a very high stress environment. And so they've always been able to handle stress really well. And I didn't see the work that went into that. I didn't see the inner machinations of that. Mm. Machinations, machinations, whatever. And so when Dominique and I, in the first couple of years of our uh, relationship and certainly dating, I'm like, why does this feel hard sometimes? Yeah, like, yeah. Why, why can't it, like, my parents make it look easy. I don't yeah. know. Do you wish your parents would have explained to you? Show, no, <laughs> showing you how hard it was, like the work that went behind it? We never, again, it comes back to like creating these images of people, right? Mm -hmm. we, we want our parents to be certain people and it's just never going to happen. Your parents can be, you know, and by every metric, I have amazing parents. I love my parents. Shout out Lisa and Pierre. I wish my parents were more vulnerable. I wish my parents mm -hmm. were, took more time to communicate that. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that like, I've been working on a lot in therapy yes. and not like passing that on. I'm getting emotional now. Um, not passing on to my child. So like making sure that if Dominique and I are arguing and that's very evident, not mm -hmm. pretending like, oh no, it's fine. Yeah. No, yeah. It's fine. Uh, mm -hmm. Going like mommy and daddy, just like we're having an argument right now and we will get over it and we will work together. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people just need some time alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've had those conversations with our kids. I actually had a conversation with our oldest panda and he was just talking about why him and his sisters cannot stop fighting. And I was like, have you noticed like mom and dad fight? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, do you know that the more like the more you spend time with someone, it's just like probability you're, you're just going to have a higher probability of fighting with them. But mm. that also means like you're you're two different people. Your sisters are very different from you. You guys have different mm. like hobbies. You guys think differently. You have different interests. And like you're never going to even though you you have the same exact mom and dad, you're living in the same home. You're not the same person. And so you guys are going to have disagreements. But it doesn't mean that you don't love that person. If you learn how to do it in a respectful way, mm -hmm. you learn how to do it in a loving way, that is just a way of being able to show like passion or how you really feel strongly about something. But you can argue in a way that is very loving and respectful. Mm -hmm. And he ended up realizing that, I mean, he still picks on his sisters, but he also knows like I, my sisters love me and I love them. And he also doesn't fear when me and you fight. He notices it. And he's had a couple of times where he's like, I'm sorry, you and, you and dad are having a tough time today. And he'll like rub my back. And, and, and this is hard for a preteen because it's like a, <laughs> and then he charges you $200 for the therapy session. Yeah. He's like, I take Venmo. Uh -huh, but he's not fearful of it anymore. And he also knows that we, because that's one of my big things. I'm not okay with us cussing each other. I'm not okay yeah. with us like degrading yeah, no, each other. Derogatory terms. Yeah. Yeah. Back. terms. Yeah. 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 There's no control Z yeah. for that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so our, our kids have noticed how w the way we argue and even we hear them argue between each other where it's one, one of our daughter, Cal, she's like, 
I don't like what you're doing. And she'll walk away, cry and come back. And she'll use her, her sibling's full name. Like, the, I'm really unhappy. Using oh, the yeah. Yeah. She'll be like, I'm really unhappy and really disappointed in the way you treated me. Wow. And I, I feel like that is unfair. Walk mm. away, cry even more, come back. And it's like she's <laughs> getting the energy to, to say what she needs to say or thinking about what she needs to say. But come back and say in a way, because she's like name calling. Mm. They, none of our kids, mm. nah, take it back. Panda. His name calling is like saying their his sister's name wrong. Mm-hmm. He'll say it wrong on purpose, and I still count that as name calling because he's doing it in a way to be maliciously mm-hmm. yeah. yeah more to be annoying. annoying. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm annoyed you're going to be annoyed. Yeah, but I do like the way that our kids argue because I feel like it's very evident of how we argue. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. To the, to the name thing, though, my sister's name is Alexandra. Well, oh, her right. nickname is Lexi, and that's what she goes by. But I would call her Alexandra to piss her off. And then I would call her, and this is like, I'm like 13. I think this is the funniest thing in the world. I would call her Alexandrugs. Which like not name? even clever, just not funny. Oh, oh my god! Um, oh, he was born that. That's a, that's <laughs> here's the here's the knockout combo. That and also we had um, you know how you have like a random switch and it doesn't it powers an outlet instead of a light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In my house growing up, that outlet was the internet modem, and so I would oh, I would oh like wait until she was like really into something. And this is dial up internet days, so like you get kicked off. Oh, it's like nine no. hours before you back on. And I'd flip the switch, and it would it would take a second for her to notice. And you would just hear you see the, the shrieking like, of happiness. a baby. <laughs> yeah, the joy from the story. <laughs> True brother, like right there. Yes. Like I, I remember that day, and I remember how pissed off I made my sister. That made me feel so good. That's what our oldest does, and I don't I like understand it at all. I don't understand yeah, our it. Our oldest daughter is starting to do it a little bit now too. It's because of retaliation. I don't think she no, enjoys it. No. Do you she think was she doing enjoys it? Out of enjoyment the other day. Really? I had to stop her like three times in one hour. Cal would come up and be like, she'd just be looking around, like kind of like, oh, and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, Badger hit all my stuff. I'm like, what oh are you talking gosh. about? She's like, I had my unicorn pony and it was just walking down the forest. And I turned around <laughs> to grab the ferry. And when I turned back, the unicorn pony was gone. <laughs> And, and and I see Badger just sitting back there. <laughs> That's a lot of work, though. And I was like, come up with a crappy nickname and turn off the yeah. internet. Way easier. It's two seconds hiding stuff. You gotta like, oh, put it over there. It's like he's cleaning her room for her. But right? I think what makes it so funny for her is she doesn't hide it in a good like an, a great place. It's just like right above her head. Yeah. And like if she just looks up, she's gonna see it. Which and That's why funnier. she's snickering like she's yeah. right there. <laughs> but even the way like yeah. you know that that you're teaching your kids like the relationship that you were teaching your kids and they're very young and you know uh we all want our kids to find partners that love them and 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 we want healthy relationships Mm -hmm. we want the same healthy relationships for our for ourselves we want our children to experience that and so you know getting back to the question for this segment how do you how do you like turn off that switch and how do you go from parenting mode to like being like like intimate partners right Mm -hmm. we we're teaching our kids but we're also trying to teach ourselves and trying to like yeah. undo some of the, not necessarily, well, in a lot of cases, trauma. damage trauma. and trauma, trauma that our parents yeah. have done. But even like in my case, I wouldn't say trauma. I would say trying to have better communication. Mm. And so we're kind of like, we're parenting ourselves always, yeah. but we're always, also, it's, it's this dual kind of role, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's so beautiful what you said that, like, you see that their arguments reflect your arguments because my arguments with my partner, with yeah, my what, sister. What do they look like? 100% reflected what I learned from my parents <laughs> and they were nasty. They're like, as in our, our arguments or the way I approached them at least wasn't like, 
I'm going for the jugular. Like oh, you're yeah. gonna hear from Ten. me and you're gonna feel this. Dropping a nuke. Because how dare you make me feel anything yeah. but joy? Like you're gonna, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna catch it now. And like that is just so toxic. So to hear it's that very, that's very what you're toxic. Down, yeah. Because I think in the end I realized whatever I say, I cannot take back. Mm. And I'm also like people will laugh, right? But I'm a cancer and I know like I know I would remember everything Drew says. And if I were to say something and Drew would remember it forever, I that feels very sad to me. Oh wow. It was very sad to think like he would even if things were good, that would still be in the very back of yeah. his head. And that idea of like that, I don't want that. And we've all done it, right? We've all said things that you're mm. like, okay, I, I definitely Damn wish it. I could take that back. Yeah. And like what was I feeling in that moment? contextualizing it a little bit, but also we lose context as time goes on. We mm-hmm. also invent context as yeah. time goes on because yeah. like I said earlier about filling in the pieces, the human memory is so, it's 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 so fallible, it's right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like when they try to get witness descriptions and they're like, ah, oh, the guy had like a yeah, tattoo of a bird, I think. And yeah. they're like, no, he didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but maybe walk around with body cams and then you can, and then that'll remind, <laughs> Drew wearing a body cam will remind you, I gotta be nice to this guy because this is admissible <laughs> in court one day. Oh, I mean, you know, I think that would work, but I, maybe it's not even like the, cause you're saying like the words, but I think it's maybe even the, mo- the emotion yeah. the, or like the, you know how you're in a fight, you may not even remember all the things that were said. Actually, I know that we do not cause we've played back arguments with our therapist and we would go in line by line on how things went and then it would be completely different. And then I'd be like, oh yeah, that did happen. Mm. Oh, you're right. That, oh, wow. that was the one. And yeah. I totally forgot it. And so it's not really about exactly what happened. Happened, it's more about like the feeling you felt during Absolutely. that time. That's right, Maya Angelou. Yeah. She mm-hmm. said, you won't remember, this is not verbatim, but basically you won't remember everything that people say to you, but you will remember how they make you feel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think, you know, we could, I guess, wear body cams and stuff like that. But That might and, be expensive. It sounds like just like having a healthy relationship, which is what you're doing, is a little more affordable. But. A little bit. Uh, well, well, maybe because the more expensive. we got into it, the more um, the words at the end of the day don't matter. It's the meaning behind yeah. them and stuff like like Because I'm a very like analytical, literal person. So and very <laughs> definitely when like I'm I'm stressed, like I key in on every single word that's being said mm-hmm. and how it's said and how I'm going to respond to it and how like I just get I get very defensive is what it is Mm -hmm. um and so yeah in in therapy like I could recite like every word like no you said this so I said this and because I said that you said this and when you said that I said this and she said at the end of the day like does that really matter you're trying to win yeah yeah yeah. does it like matter because like you're just getting into you're going to get into the semantics of it right you know and what you need to pull back and say like well, how is your spouse feeling, your partner right. feeling? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling in that moment? But we want to make sure that we're not seen as the villain. And mm-hmm. like, if we can trust that the other person, if we can trust that we both have the same goal, which is attacking the problem instead of each other, yeah. we don't have to worry. Well, I, I want you to know that I reacted like this because you said this. If we're both, and it's so hard to do. Like, it's so oh, easy it's for so me to hard. say, oh, just do this. Anytime you say just in front of everything. Oh, like, yeah. It's just it's already, like, yeah. Just yeah. whatever. Uh, just yeah. make more money. Yeah. <laughs> but if we can if we can get to this vulnerable trusting place where and this is the goal with any healthy marriage where I just want us both to be happy and I want my spouse to feel loved and accepted and and have the space to feel soft, right? That's a big mm. thing with us, like making the space for Dominique specifically to feel soft. Then it doesn't need to be a, I did this because of that. It's like, well, how did you feel? How did I feel? Mm. And mm-hmm. Why are we not giving each other the benefit of the doubt? Right. And why are we not prioritizing? Why are we not valuing our spouse's feelings as much as we're valuing our own? Mm-hmm. 
It was so hard to do. That's why. So let's just stop. Let's just. Yeah, let's just stop. <laughs> I hate you so much. We should get the voice. Oh, you know, when you said like, just like, just make more money, just do that. I realized too, like even making more money doesn't even make things better. Oh my God. No. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know if it makes things worse, but it definitely does not make things better. And a lot of Some people. Some things better. No. Sure. No. Your bills are when you're like, I, I can get the but... good cheese at the supermarket. This is great. <laughs> I mean, if you so like think... cheese that much. <laughs> So that's a good point, but I, I do think money in a relationship makes it harder in the aspect of you can be more de- independent of each other, it, whether it's just one spouse being able to be independent of the other or mm. both being able to be independent. And you kind of have like, you can have weird power dynamics mm. with Especially more money. Men. We talked about yes, this in our last yes. episode, uh, or maybe it was episode eight, where a lot of dudes like, oh, well, my wife makes more money than me or my girlfriend makes more money than me. And some, I know, I know, I know some people have dissuaded their, their female partners from getting a promotion or getting a new job because they will make more money than them. And suddenly it's, well, what's my worth then? Mm-hmm. Which gets back to, I mean, ask yourself, ask yourself the real question there. What am I actually bringing to the table as mm-hmm. the man that I'm so threatened that suddenly I have no worth if my partner's making more money, which by the way, is your is collective your money. money. Yeah. But then I guess that would talk to if the couple is truly having collective money. Because not all couples do, like do put everything together. Because we're... Ideas change, I swear to God. <laughs> no, let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah. We actually... It's our money. Mm-hmm. We're very competitive. We both have our own businesses. And every year I love to be like, who made more money? And the last couple <laughs> of years, it's been me. But I truly love... How we're, if we're making the decision, it's not like, oh, okay, well, my money, or I only made this much. So I oh, can't yeah. do whatever. Yeah. We, it's all goes in one account and we do the bills and whatever. And then we make decisions together on mm-hmm. all of our finance, like all of our financial pers- purchases that, um, even though I like us to be competitive because it's also that push I need to continue to yeah, like make more up. money. So it's not yeah. more about making the money. It's more about just like finding that motivation. Right. Mm. But I do feel like if not all couples are putting in, in the same kind of account or they don't mm-hmm. see it as our money, then it may feel, it may feel really weird for the male spouse, right. To feel like I'm not worthy now because right. if he's always viewed it as like my money, that's the issue right yes. there. Yes, if yes, he's yes. always viewed it as my money and she's making less, but all of a sudden she's making more, well then is it really my money? And that may be why he may have a hard time with her wanting to get a promotion and get paid more mm-hmm. because he's always viewed it as like, she's helping me or she's helping right. us. It's not she's really our, she's supporting me yeah. or supporting us, but I'm truly the one that's doing it all. Yeah. And I think that might be the issue right there because we've never had that issue. But yeah. And, but I think that's what it is. I think more money just complicates it because it brings into more questions. And if you're not having the communication that right. you need mm-hmm. and like that whole talk we had about, um, equity, yeah, you know, if the yeah. equity in the relationship changes, but you don't talk about it or it doesn't change, but it should, and you don't have those discussions and stuff like that, then it creates more problems. We so, but, check the weather every day. We check the weather every single day before you leave the house. Why don't we do the same? Why don't we have the same check-in on our marriages? Mm-hmm. How you well, feeling? Do you guys have check-ins? Not as often as we check the weather, but. I mean, I think this podcast kind of acts has that for us. Okay. We've monetized um, our relationship and, but like going into business together has forced us to have like financial check-ins, mm-hmm. emotional check-ins, just like we have to dedicate a day a week at least to like go over this is what the week's going to look like. 
I'm not going to be here for this day. I'm not going to be available. This Our day, shared for calendar. Example. Mm-hmm. Exam- exactly. So, and even, even at the top of every um, podcast, we go through like our weekly check and like, how are you feeling? And it's not that that only happens at this time, mm-hmm. but it does like, it forces us to think that way as well, that we do need to check in with each other. Is it a daily thing? I think when it comes home from work, yeah, we kind of sit down like, how are you feeling? Like talk to me on a, on a real level. And sometimes it's a longer conversation and yeah. sometimes it's like, you know, uh, like this is what my day looks like. I get up mm-hmm. at seven o'clock, yeah. I get our daughter ready. Like it's really important to me because I don't see her that much in the evening that we have we, breakfast together and she wants to make pancakes every day and you can't have Love pancakes her. every day. So we do, pro- <laughs> yes, she can. We, well, we do protein pancakes every second day, but we always eat the same thing. Okay. Wipe the look off of your face. Emma. Okay. I've had the maple syrup in this country. How dare you? Every single day. <laughs> And sprinkles. Uh, we color <laughs> yeah. and we like, we'll, we get into the car and we'll sing songs together. And she's obsessed with the her- 1997 Hercules soundtrack, which oh. I banger oh. after banger. I'm liking banger. her more and more than I, I know. <laughs> it's great. Um, and then, you know, we go to daycare and it's not, I see a lot of parents and this is not me judging. Their other parents are not my concern. Yeah. I am. And you are my concern, our parenting. And I like to sit with my daughter for a couple of minutes. And you so, also have the privilege of the time to do I so, do. right? Like Very some true. of the parents are dropping and they true. need to run. Because yeah. I don't have to be at work until two o'clock, right? I do a live radio show and I have to be there at two. We're on the air from three to seven. And so that's another thing. I don't see my, there's broad swaths of the day. I'm not seeing my wife right. and child. Mm-hmm. I come home. I try to get home as early as I can. It's important for me to like put our to sing her some songs and to read her a book and finish bath time if, if I'm home in time. But like, that's it. And then sometimes it's, I got like, I got three, four hours of work to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's midnight, yeah. I get to bed, you're sleeping and it's like, hey, how you doing? And you're like, what? There's a burglar? I'm sorry, yeah, huh? right? <laughs> so that transition often doesn't happen for us. It's straight mm-hmm. from like, you're daddy in the morning, then you're Coulter on the radio in the day, then, then you I'm, come then home. I'm, then I'm a different kind of daddy when I get home. Well, that's the whole, right? That's the whole, but sometimes when you get home, you're daddy to Nia all yeah. over again. And then by the time you're done all that, your work culture again and it's midnight and, and there's it's time a to start all over again. You know what it's like, right? You work together, you mm-hmm. live together, you mm-hmm. parent together. Yeah. You were friends before anything, right? Maybe mm-hmm. a stalker, apparently mm-hmm. and allegedly, I don't know. <laughs> it's not my business, but uh, I'll dial 9-1 and you let me know when I can hit a second one. <laughs> and... Uh, so it's difficult when, when you have that buildup, it's like, you know, when, if you go to the gym regularly and suddenly you don't for a couple of days yeah. or you're eating well and mm-hmm. you don't yeah. for a couple of days or whatever, right. You're studying for, you know, like g- g- studying your nursing exams and all that stuff. You know what it's like? You take a week off of studying, you're on break mm-hmm. or whatever you get back and you're like, oh, this is like a lot harder yeah. mm-hmm. and more difficult and less fun than it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of practice. I know we don't have check-ins every day, but when we were really trying hard like, cause we were trying to repair like the emotional connection that we had lost. We did do check-ins for a really long time, every single day. And what did that look like? Oh man. We'd ask how we were feeling. Well, at first you want to talk about just your day. Like, Oh, how was your yeah. day? Right. Carolyn mm-hmm. accounting, Oh, uh, microwaving broccoli <laughs> yeah. in the office again. But then that's hard because a lot of people, that's where for a lot of couples, that's where it stops. Right. Mm-hmm. And they think that's like emotional connection it's and cursory. it's not, it's just telling you what happened during their day, right. but not telling you how you felt or what is something that made you feel sad or what's something. That, so those are the parts that I like, but I'm also a person because Drew went really long without like initiating a lot of the conversations that I 
of like drew to bring them up or start the check-ins mm. and our therapist was kind of like do you notice why or like do you realize why Gina wants you to initiate them it's not because she doesn't care but because she really feels more like you you care or you're like you're wanting to initiate it means a little bit more and so Jewel kind of asked me like well how are you feeling like are you okay is there anything like that happened or he'll bring him something that was maybe hard for him or he's been thinking about and those are my favorite parts of the check-ins and now you can see him like when you can see you can hear the the gears going for a second right he's buffering and you're like this is gonna be good all right (laughs) (laughs) but now I think what our check-ins are not as frequent as they were Mm -hmm. when we're really trying to reconnect again and now I feel like what every two weeks Mm -hmm. every two weeks maybe once a week it's somewhere in between there and he's been bringing up a little bit more I've been bringing them up as well because now I feel more I feel more vulnerable to feel like okay I feel like he's actually trying and now I'll bring up more check-ins than I did in the very beginning because I was kind of like I wanted to see the work that he was going to put in Mm -hmm. and I really truly enjoy them because now I just feel like I'm that much more connected with Drew and I of course see all the goofiness that he's thinking throughout his head and sometimes I'm like oh my goodness I did sign up for this right (laughs) but then also too in the very end I'm like but I did sign up for this (laughs) like happily like I like hearing all the crazy thoughts that he has through his mind because he was really you were really afraid to share a lot of it because you're like this like seems weird or she's not gonna want to hear this and then you realize I do want to hear it and even if I'm like saying drill really come on that's crazy and you're but you see the smiles on my face and you know that I want to hear it because I've expressed to you like I want to hear that and he tells me all of his crazy ideas all of his crazy <laughs> thoughts everything and now I do feel like we're, we're in a such better place because even like lately we've been talking about even harder parts of like things that we've been kind of like keeping very low Buried underneath yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and that has been really really nice because I feel that even though it's really hard to hear I do feel way more connected with you mm-hmm. wow. and vulnerability yeah. is sexy right that's Actually, like you know when when and it's such a cliche in movies but like makeup sex it doesn't have to be after a fight it can be after like a really and I think almost should be after like a really emotional vulnerable conversation where you have not even like an emotional purge because that feels like you're vent, you're kind of dumping on the other person or venting. But like when you're able to like work through something with the other person mm-hmm. and know that like you're not going to judge me. You're yeah. going to give me the space to work through like a, a half-baked thought that I have maybe or mm-hmm. like maybe inspire me. Like give me a, a take that I hadn't even considered. That's our transition. Okay. We, we cry and then we... We have love. We make love. Okay, well, it makes <laughs> it sound like I... <laughs> That's what you just described. That's it. That was very specific. We get vulnerable, and then... I'm like, baby, baby, you're so wet. And I'm talking about her eyes. I'm like, whoa, this is great. I love this. See, I don't like makeup sex at all. That's like the time when Drew's like, yeah, baby, baby, like, do you need a hug? I'm like, no. He starts the arguments naked. He's yeah. like, all right, let's get, let's get through this. Suddenly that has happened. You're like, I feel threatened and vaguely aroused. Let's see where this is going. Like, okay, I got a bucket list. This has to be checked off. Let's go. <laughs> A naked fight? I see a lot of those downtown, trust me. Usually involving a broken beer bottle, but this is the segment of the show we take, and we've been doing this lately, we've been taking your voice notes, so you can email them, info at coltertalkscoltertalk.com. You can also DM us on Instagram, and this one, I believe, it's so nice, by the way, having a producer... Someone Shout out to Natalia. <laughs> yeah. Zero Airhorn this episode, maybe for the best. Uh, hashtag Airhorn Army. A lot of people love that. Oh but, uh, this one is from Gabby. 
How do you keep the fire and love going in your marriage? I just feel like I've seen way too many marriages, the older I get, really start to fizzle in terms of love and seeing couples essentially fall out of love and stay each other just for the sake of being parents and the legality of it. So long story short, if you want to delete all that, the question is, how do you prioritize love and like positive emotion in your relationship? How do I prioritize love between the two of us in our relationship? Because it's so easy to do. We were going to say it's been so long. Since I've loved this man. (laughs) To do with a toddler, with the child that I birthed, for example. Um, But it's, it's different. I'm not going to say it's harder to, to love you, but it's, it's harder to prioritize it Mm -hmm. because I have to show up for my kid. I have to show up for my job. And then kind of what you were saying earlier, like it becomes a point where you're coasting with your partner because like you're there, we're good. Do I have to put in extra effort in order for us to remain good? And the the, the answer is yes. Like just because we're having a good time Mm -hmm. doesn't mean there's not going to be a, a valley coming up. Right. So ways that I try to prioritize that, I don't think I'm good at that. I'm mm. not, I don't do it intentionally. I, I often have to get to a point where you're calling me out and you say to me like, Dom, like I don't feel prioritized. Your stress manifests physically. And I think that's the case yes. for a lot of people yes. where you, you don't even want to, I'll go like, Hey, like you look like you are made of concrete right mm. now. Can I rub your shoulders? Can I rub your, you, you will always take a foot rub. It does not matter 100%. what. But like a back rub where I can see like you really carry it in your shoulders, like they're up here at your ears. Let's lower those a little bit. And so it's almost like um, it's almost like somatic for you Mm. where where it has that physical manifestation. And so it's working on that. It's noticing, and we all need to do this, right? Make sure you're drinking water, make sure you're not clenching your jaw, make yeah. sure you're lowering your, like, it's, it's a, a lot of a that. a posture check moment. <laughs> it's also kind of like when you, if you want to be in a better mood, force yourself to smile. And yeah. it's this weird connection with your brain where like, well, you're suddenly a little bit happier, or at least you're putting yourself in a frame right. where you can be happy. And I think maybe it's the same with you. And if you just look, if you just, if you yeah. just lower your shoulders and like, if and I just lower my shoulders, we will have sex more often. That's exactly. how I'm receiving. Wow. <laughs> if you are aware of how you feel, yes, then you yes. can begin to address those things. And Absolutely. it's not you can't necessarily do those things immediately, but mm-hmm. you can. Yeah. You're aware of it, and you can go like, well, what do I need to do to get out of this? I also, I am a huge introvert. One, but two. I also remove myself from situations when I'm stressed out. I need to be alone and I need to be heads down. We're both good fixing at that. Fixing that issue. So if I'm stressed out, like you're saying, whether it's work, the kid, what have you. Me talking. Whether it's During a two hour car ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whether it's um, like, having headphones on in my own podcast. Yeah. Then I have to, I, I first of all, I focus, I focus, I fixate on that issue until it's fixed. And so that often deprioritizes our relationship because that's what's going well. That's the thing that's just, that can coast for a little while. And often I don't ever switch that mindset to go like, okay, it's time to take this off of um, autopilot. It's time to like put in the effort again. But I like that you were just aware of the fact that you're like, I don't think I'm very good at prioritizing. Mm. That's important to know because sometimes just recognizing that you are, um, that you are not, or you are doing something or you're not great at something is like a good first step. Cause if you're thinking everything is fine, right. then when someone's coming to you and like, Hey, I need this. And you're thinking, I'm, I thought I was doing good. It, you're having the other spouse is having to do that much extra work yes. to show you that you're not, which is, we've had to deal with that. And so I think that's 
awesome that you're able to recognize that because now if culture is saying something, then you actually can hear it because you're like, oh yeah, I know I do that. Mm. All right. You're right, baby. Let, let's work on it or right. I'll do, I'll do better. But it's also up to me to come to, to meet Dominique where she is. And I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. How does Dominique need to be communicated with? Right. Mm-hmm. Because me going like, lower your GD shoulders. You're giving me some spooky vibes right now. Right, yeah. not going to go well. Mm-hmm. But if I bring you some water, and if <laughs> I like <laughs> put my hand on your back, not even on the shoulders yet, but like put my hand on your back and go like, "Hey, do you have time to like don't, breathe with me?" Don't tell her to drink water. Just bring her some. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> do don't say. I sound like a monster if I creep into the room yeah. slowly. Yeah. <laughs> how do y'all prioritize love in your relationship? And I was keep just it alive. thinking about how I did it myself because I I feel some connection with with not always being the most aware of if I'm prioritizing and then realize I'm not prioritizing. Mm. Um, but what I've done lately, um, or I know in the past is like, I feel like in, in speaking to what she's saying, she said there's a difference the longer you're married or in longer term relationships, which means she's seen really good times in the mm. beginning of the relationship. Peaks and valleys. Mm. Yeah. And there's yeah. fire and there's the honeymoon phase. Like everyone talks about that. And so there are times that I have thought to, I don't think I've told you this. I've thought to myself, like, I'm going to pretend for like the next week or so, maybe that like either like me and Gina are still dating oh, like wow. back oh, dating, so or that like, um, what if she left me tomorrow? What would I need to do today? To oh, show wow. her, like, I Drain love the her bank to account, stay. Change the locks, you know get I mean? a lawyer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Number one. So, <laughs> wait a minute. Was that the week you brought me flowers? Yeah. That's yeah, so sweet. And so I brought you flowers like two or three times in one week and oh tried Which, to be extra cuddly. By the way, like, so it was our ninth anniversary yeah. a couple oh weeks God. ago. And I called the florist and I got like a cup. I wanted to get nine dozen roses and they're like, that'll be $700. And I'm like, I will take two <laughs> dozen roses. <please." laughs> and I brought them home and Dominique loved them. And she was like, also, I hate grocery store flowers. I and I was like, wow. I well, I, I could have saved myself some money there. No, but he, like, he got it from Flora, so like, it was an extra effort. My yeah. second love language is gifts, so... <laughs> I think they might be beautiful. tied, for yeah. one. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So, yeah, so, like, I mean, at, like, our 10-year anniversary, mm-hmm. I wanted to be like, okay, I want to, like... I, we've been married a long time now, like, almost a decade. I want to do something that, like almost reboots, restarts mm. us and gets us going. So hired a flash mob. Like I oh, played yeah. like this That's for like, like six to eight out. months. Like I got Gina's family to come up. She didn't Stop. know. And they held up like the sign, marry me. And he did. Um, we got a custom <laughs> song. Like mm-hmm. we customized the song for you. Disney songs uh, that led Disney. up to it. And all Including that Hercules. Stuff, <laughs> you know, and then we, we ended up being the first couple. This is a fun fact. We're the first couple ever to be married on, uh, it's, um, Wonders Wonder of the, the seas. seas. Yeah. So what's that? Royal, Royal Caribbean. Caribbean. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Had just come out with their Wonder of the Seas cruise. And we were the first couple to be married on that. That's cruise wild. Mm-hmm. And it so it was, it was pretty amazing. Well, no, anything wow. I do wow. now, like, <laughs> I might as well do nothing. <laughs> Bro, you're getting grocery store flowers at this point. It's like Mary Me and Fireworks yeah. now. Like, that's yeah. the standards. Wow. Hot air balloon, you know? Okay. Could you dial it down a little bit? Don't Curling? What if you curled, like, her name? What is it? They heard her from Canada. They're like, you've been, you guys like have curling licenses. No, my hands have been all dry. You know, curling, right? Don't pry to put her on us. It's been him. Uh. But yeah, no, Drew's are huge romantic, Mm -hmm. which is really nice because 
I find it like it's like this corny, cringy, but it's like I secretly love it. <laughs> I I smirk. I like will tell people, and then I will just be like Drew. That was like so crazy, and I'll tell my friends, "Do you know what Drew did?" And oh. I'm like, and he knows it, and I'll like just like because I love to just roast Drew. It's just like our love <laughs> language, right? I love to roast him, but he, I hope that like I hope I express it. Um, but like I really do love it when you do those things. Oh. Because I told them too, I think it was somewhere between our, like a couple years ago, maybe even a little bit more. But I was like, I don't like it when you only bring flowers when like we've had a fight. I don't want to associate flowers with like yeah. a fight. I don't like that. I'd rather you talk it out with me and let's chat. And then when things are good, then like maybe give me flowers. So the fact that because he was doing like the whole romance thing and bringing me flowers and like dress d- almost <laughs> <laughs> the sniper but, dot on his head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Two thousand roses, please. <laughs> but I, you know, when you brought it, I was really excited. And I was like, oh, we're not fighting right now. Like, this is a great thing. He's listening to me. But I didn't even know, like, the the behind the scenes of, like, why he was doing that. Because it really means a lot to me. I don't like associating flowers with a fight. I know, yeah. like, a lot of people, other couples do that. And that's fine for them. But for me, it just feels not right. It doesn't feel right for me. I just, like, I'd rather, when we're fighting, I want to work it out. I want to yeah, talk you more. Wanna, you want to get to the issue and work out the issue. You yes. don't want, you feel like, you don't want the Band-Aid. You feel like the flowers are the Band-Aid. Band-Aid. Like, the Band-Aid does let's nothing. Let's cover this up and move on. Right. Amputate like, the leg. I don't want a new that. one. Yeah. 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 I want to know why we had to amputate the leg. Mm-hmm. I want to know why we're fighting. Because then I feel like then we're that much closer to not fighting about it in the future. Because a lot of couples do want to just, like, put the Band-Aid and, like, mm-hmm. have the make makeup sex that's why I don't like makeup sex because I feel like a lot of times if you have makeup sex it's kind of like okay everything is good now like right. right we're good we had sex and then you you feel like okay I'm still really angry about this but I feel like I can't even bring it up again because we kind of just made up mm. but I also don't feel like mm. we come to the resolution on why we were even fighting and I truly don't want to fight again so I want to want to know underneath why we even got to this point and so that's why I never liked the flowers because the flowers was kind of like a indicator like everything was fixed mm. it was not I don't like makeup sex because I feel like it kind of pushes you because you're becoming when you're becoming physically intimate it's like it's a lot right it, it connects you in a way and sometimes you at least for me it became a point where it's like I don't know how angry I am it kind of feels almost ridiculous and I knew I didn't feel ridiculous or knew why we were fighting wasn't ridiculous but it felt almost ridiculous to try to bring it up but I knew it was important to but I felt like I couldn't mm. sure I understand that I understand it's kind of like to to keep the intimacy alive and the I hate the word spice but to keep the spice alive you need to continue working on the conditions that create the space for it. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's yeah. like you need to buy all the ingredients. It, you, oh, how do you, how do you keep, how do you keep cake in the fridge or how do you keep cake in your home? It's like, well, you have to keep buying the ingredients for cake. Mm. You have to keep making the cake. And so the cake is, is what in this example? Spice? Intimacy? I don't well, know. The cake is spice. Spice? <laughs> Why? Who <laughs> has sex for you? Listen. 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 You're eating, right? You are. <laughs> you could be too. I loved what you said about those prompts. Like, I think that that is because like mentioning like the, Gina, you were saying that he's a huge romantic. 
that's something that comes up every so often, right? That's not something you necessarily prioritize every mm-hmm. single day, every single week. So you reminding yourself, if I'm going to lose her tomorrow, what am I going to do today? Like that should be written on, that should be framed beside your bed just to remind you, like I earn this person every single day. I don't, it's not that I need to deserve You've you, for example, me. but like if you need to earn like your that. partner. You need to mm-hmm. work and mm-hmm. keep your partnership. And I think that that's such a, that's such a cool reminder that I just received from you. Thank you. You're welcome. You listen to this podcast. That's how you keep it alive. Uh, this has been such a pleasure having you two yeah. here and welcoming Thank us you. into your home. And this has been amazing. Uh, Gina and Drew from Hey There Wilders and the other the, list, the other 19 businesses. You yeah. Have to oh my goodness. Now, I mean, I mean, you can find us on like, Hey There Wilders on TikTok and then on Instagram, Gina Wilder. And it's just those two. Um, we also have our, our other podcast, Hey There Parenthood, mm-hmm. where we talk about a lot of the same things that you guys do, parenting and uh, romance and um, relationships um, and then also you want to we have our YouTube with just our daily lives and yeah. that's Hey There Wilders on YouTube mm-hmm. and so you guys can like find us there but I mean mm-hmm. we have all our businesses but it feels like too much it feels weird to even list them all <laughs> and they took us to Waffle House last night oh which, my goodness yeah. that was awesome Chick-fil-A this morning it was waffling so Waffle House is waffling let me tell you that uh, what a joy thank you so much yeah. you're welcome thank you guys thank you guys for having us <laughs>